All Things Are Possible, Part 31. Hallelujah. All things are possible to him and to her too that believes, Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Then he said in Mark chapter 10, verse 27, with God, all things are possible. Well, put them together. With God, you can believe. Hallelujah. Amen. And all things are possible unto you. Now, the question is, we can believe what? <laughs> well, first, understand that God is your source of everything good. You remember he created everything and he looked and saw that everything was good, really good, very good, it says in Genesis 1.31. Well, he, uh, you know, the devil came in and busted it all up and made it all go bad and brought in the curse and sickness and disease. But thank God, God sent Jesus to pay an awesome price to buy our freedom from the curse on this planet. And everything that steals, kills, and destroys. Oh, my. Uh, there's such an anointing on that. <clears throat> I'm telling you. Jesus paid an awesome price, folks, to set you free. You know, James chapter 1, verse 17 says that every good gift and every... Um, uh, I'm going to have to read it. Uh, the anointing just hit me real hard as I was quoting that. And I got a little bit. Uh, anyway, James 1.17 says, listen what it says. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Oh, thank God. And Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And that's not that the law was a curse, but the curse that was pronounced in the law. And you can read about it in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Uh, verses four, uh, 15 uh, through 68, and it'll give you a whole catalog of the curse. Every sickness and disease and every foul thing you can imagine, and a lot you can't, is in that curse. Amen. And we've been redeemed from it. Glory to God. We've been set free from it through what Jesus did. And now we only have to receive it and appropriate it. And John chapter 10, verse 10 says that the thief, which is the devil and his demons, come only but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Glory, 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 glory to God. So you got to understand that first. Amen. That he's our source. And then secondly, you must believe his word or his promises to you. You remember? And maybe you don't. I'll quote it to you from the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 37 and 38. That Mary believed nothing was impossible with God. But she had to go further than that in her faith. And she did, you know. She said, be it unto me according to your word. Hallelujah! It is our agreement with God's word or his promises that will cause a manifestation of his power that delivers us from the corruption that exists on this planet. 
And if you didn't know it, I'm quoting scripture. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4 and also Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. Now, uh, even though we've already been delivered in Christ from the authority of darkness and we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son, uh, Colossians 1, 12 and 13, nothing in the kingdom provisions of God will come automatically with no faith uh, uh, on your part. I mean, uh, even though it's all been provided, it's all free of charge. It's all the grace of God. Uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 2 says that we have access into this grace by faith. Amen. You see, God expects your faith and your agreement with what Jesus did for you. It is when we agree spirit and soul with him that the body will get the message and the physical will conform to that which is supernatural from our holy God. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory. Ah, glory to God. Well, a good example is healing. You know, Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. And by his stripes, uh, you are healed. And 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes, you were healed. Well, if you are going to have a healing manifestation in your body, then you must agree. You must believe with God and his word and receive it by faith or you'll never experience it in your body. This brings us again to the words of Jesus in Mark eleven twenty three. In order to have results, Jesus said that we must not doubt in the heart or spirit, but, I might add, only believe. That's what Jesus told Jairus. Be not afraid. Only believe. Amen. In Mark chapter 5. Well, Jesus is telling us the same thing today, thank God. He's the same yesterday, today and forever, according to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. He's never changed. And not only that, it says that he's the high priest of our confession today in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. Well, let me ask you a question. What was Jairus supposed to believe? Jairus said when he first came to Jesus, listen to what he said. Come lay your hands on my daughter. She will be healed and she will live. Well, I mean, that's faith. And Jesus went right along with him. And if you want Jesus to go right along with you, you need to speak by faith. Jesus was telling him to not allow fear when he said, Be not afraid. Only believe. Amen. Don't allow fear, which is a part of doubt and unbelief. But it's also part of uh, anxiety and worry and vice versa. You know, they're all interrelated. You'll see that in just a moment. Uh, he said, don't allow that to enter into you, talking to Jairus, and continue to believe that which he said in faith at the beginning when he first approached Jesus. Jesus was saying, keep believing that. Glory to God. Amen. And we saw that fear must be eliminated from the heart for faith to work in the heart. And we also uh, started to see that anxiety and worry are intimately connected with fear and doubt. 
and are a part of both definitions of these words. So I'm going to remind you right here of these definitions, and I'm only going to give you the parts that show the interrelation. And I'm not going to give you all the nuances of the words that we've studied because that would take too long. But for example, uh, we said that the word doubt implies, amongst other things, nervousness, lack of courage, and outright fear. And to fear and be apprehensive, to fill with fear, dread, horror, and danger. Now, now we saw that. That's what that word uh, means. And, you know, and that's just a, among other definitions and meanings of the word, like wavering and stumbling around and, and vacillating and being unsure and teetering back and forth and wobbling and faltering. You know, <clears throat> these are all a part of the definition of doubt. But I wanted you to see those. And now listen to fear. We saw that fear means a painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of evil. Apprehension. You see that word? In doubt it says fear and be apprehensive. To fear and be apprehensive. Fill with fear, dread, horror, and danger. Well, it means apprehension. It means the expectation of evil. Look at this. Apprehension of impending danger, dread, and terror. Well, that's just what we saw in doubt. And then it says fears and uneasiness of mind. The thought of future evil, and it means anxiety and solicitude. Now, this is all. Now, you're beginning to see how this all connects. Now, the definition we saw for anxiety, I'm going to give it to you again. I believe I had already given it to you, but I'm going to give it to you one more time. It means painful or apprehensive uneasiness of mind, usually over an impending or anticipated ill. Fearful concern, apprehension and fear. It means doubt, self-doubt, nervousness, solicitude. You're sweating it out. You're uneasy. You're worried. You're perturbed. You're disquieted. You are concerned and in care, in apprehension and anxiousness, and you're just agitated and stressed out. Now, that's what, and you see how they're all connected. They're all talking about the same thing. Well, again, Jesus really brings it all together for us in his discussion on the signs of his coming and what will be happening on the earth at the time. And there are things that are happening today. And uh, thank God we can live above all of this stuff. Thank God. Amen. But notice what he said. Uh, uh, and, and notice how, how we've also seen scriptures that identify the connections between fear and doubt and anxiety and worry. But uh, uh, Luke chapter 21, verse 25, <clears throat> And there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars, and upon the earth there'll be distress, trouble, and anguish of nations in bewilderment and perplexity, which means that they're going to be in doubt and not knowing which way to turn and uh, without resources and left wanting at the roaring of the echo of the tossing of the sea, men swooning away or expiring with fear. And others say their hearts failing them for fear. Now I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. 
and dread and apprehension and expectation of the things that are coming on the world. Now, I'm telling you, folks, it's all connected. This expectation of evil and heart failure, both spiritually and physically, expiring with fear and being in doubt and bewilderment and all, they're all connected. Now, uh, I read an interesting scientific study, at least it was to me, on the symptoms of anxiety and the risk of coronary heart disease. Now, um, uh, you can find it online. Uh, it's a real long address, so I'm not, I'm not going to try to give it to you here. But uh, uh, if you'll go and read the written text of that, uh, in, in one of our written texts, we give you the link to it. Uh, I'm not sure what day. I believe it's like 27 or 28 or 29, somewhere in there. Uh, and you'll see that we put a link in there and you can download it. It's a PDF. And this scientific study, again, was on the symptoms of anxiety and the risk of coronary heart disease. And you have to understand what these doctors were including in their definition of anxiety. They use words like jittery, stressed out, nervous, afraid, scared, frightened, jumpy, desperate, uh, people breaking out in a cold sweat, and even intense psychological stresses, burdening daily life. <laughs> And I'm telling you, the clinical study is referring to the same thing that Jesus and the dictionary are referring to in these scriptures that uh, we've mentioned and also in the definitions from uh, Webster's and Merriam-Webster's dictionary. And uh, the aforementioned medical study concluded, and uh, you'll see it right at the top, that their conclusion was that th these data concerning anxiety, and, I, and I'm telling you that, suggest the association between uh, you know, uh, the association uh, between anxiety and a fatal coronary heart disease in particular and sudden cardiac death. Now, that's bad. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, anxiety has some really nasty things associated with it, according to other medical studies. And uh, you'll find, and I mean, you can look it up, you know, Google this uh, that I'm telling you. Uh, concerning anxiety and sickness and disease. And you'll be surprised at all the medical studies that are out there. Uh, I'm talking about scientific studies that talk about anxiety and, and uh, its association with things like depression, pulmonary diseases, and excessive uh, weight gain or sudden weight loss, and, and obesity, and hyperventilation, and panic attacks, and migraine headaches, and asthma and schizophrenia, ulcers, gastrointestinal diseases, and folks, even uh, a lack of sexual uh, function, and uh, men, this is not good, erectile dysfunction, and a whole lot more. So married men, are you listening to me? You, you are never going to keep your wife fully happy uh, well, you get the, you, you, you understand this. I'm going to keep it all G-rated here. It's not rocket science. I mean, you understand what, what it's saying. And the list of diseases associated with anxiety, fear, and worry, uh, 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 um, 
uh, goes on and on and on because it's a long list of, of all of the clinical studies uh, that are out there on this subject. So uh, Google it sometime, like I said, and you'll see what I mean. Anxiety, fear, and worry are dangerous. And frankly, they can be deadly. We have no business engaging in any part of it, according to Jesus. Amen. Psalms 55, 12, listen to this, tells us, cast our burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. Cast your burden over on the Lord. Now that sounds like a command to me. Amen. This is something we must do. And we saw over and over again how Jesus said, do not be worried. Don't be anxious for, not, for anything. Um, uh, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, 6 as well. Amen. Cast your cares over on the Lord, your worry, anxiety, and solicitude. Amen. Cast them over on the Lord, Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Well, the anointing removes all burdens. In Isaiah 10, 27 it says, and all yokes, by the way. And we're not beasts of burden and have no reason to carry burdens from the enemy. Now, don't ever confuse the light burden and easy yoke of the Lord uh, that it says uh, that we're to have over there in Matthew 11, uh, verse 28 and 30, which is talking about dedication to him and being faithful to him. And don't confuse that with devilish burdens and yokes that come to steal, kill, and destroy because they're not the same. The burdens and yokes that the devil brings are evil circumstances and conditions, though sometimes it can just be the threat of these that get people over into anxiety and worry. And when they come, and frankly they will come to everybody at some point in their life or another, uh, we have a choice right then to either accept or reject it, to speak the word and receive by faith what God says, or to lay down and quit. We have the choice to rebuke, resist it, and stand against it by faith, or to accept the you know, burden of the devil, if you would. We can take a stand on the word and let the devil beat, uh, or let the devil beat our brains out. Now, you're going to have to do one or the other. You're either going to take a stand on the word or you're going to let the devil, the, 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 devil, the devil snuff you out. Well, he's not going to do that to you. You're going to take a stand on the word. You're going to believe God. You're going to believe his promises. Thank God. And uh, my question to you is, which one will you do and what do you want? It's your choice. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. God said, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life, which means to choose blessing also. And, uh, and I trust you'll always choose God and his word and his way and his life in Christ Jesus. Now, Jesus said, and we're going to get back to this and study it on our next uh, uh, teaching. But Jesus said that the sower sows the word. And read his teaching over there in Mark chapter 4, verse 14 through 20. Well, I'm just repeating him. And he said that the worries of this life will choke the word that was sown in your heart if they are allowed to enter into your heart. Worry and anxiety are a form of doubt and fear that can quickly get into the heart and choke out the word that you were believing and standing on. Now say it out loud with me. Not me, bless God. 
Amen. When worry, anxiety, and fear and doubt come at you, you have to jump on it right then and resist it. Don't wait all day. Don't wait an hour. Don't wait a minute. Jump on it right then. And uh, you cannot put up with them for a second. You have to open your mouth and boldly rebuke it and speak God's word out of your mouth just like Jesus did on the Mount of Temptation. And uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Amen. We'll come back with some more tomorrow. Be blessed. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.